Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. Welcome to another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. How you doing, Alan, my brother? Feeling good, man. Before we start, I just want to apologise, just in case you hear random papping in the background. It is Diwali today, and I know you guys will be listening to this a few weeks after Diwali, but yeah, it's Diwali today, and so forgive us for the noise. Happy Diwali to all the fans out there. Ah, uh, yeah. Happy Diwali to all the fans out there. And the reason why you're not hearing double, double paps is because Diwali and Hauser is a completely different animal compared to Diwali and Kent, I'd assume. Right, Alan? There isn't really a Diwali and Kent, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get started. Dad bod by Logic. Alan, I want to hear your thoughts before I say my little bit about it. So, curveball for me, like, I don't know much about logic and i especially don't know much about this track i sort of come across logic a few times i know his sort of style and i know he's got some good features and stuff and he's on a track with eminem but with this track it's a bit of a spoiler but it seems to be that he's quitting the game which is kind of weird because i've only just literally this is the first of his tracks that are properly listened to so i was like the hell this is it's a goodbye before you say hello as it were but yeah it's a it's an interesting take on being real I mean, for me, I just fell in love with the rhythm, the vibe, the flow initially. So initially, you know, when you listen to tunes and tunes are just a bit of a jam or a vibe and you're not necessarily absorbing it in. I started returning to this track regularly, not regularly in a sporadic way, enough for me to start listening to it properly. And then I was like, oh, actually, there's some serious meaning to this tune for me personally. Right. And I'm not saying that the bars are mad, crazy deep or anything like that. But the message of this tune definitely goes to me. Oh, shit. I mean, you need to adopting some of Logic's logic to life. (laughs) Adopting some of Logic's logic to life could be really, really impactful on my future and my life. And so I was like, I'm going to pick it this week. I really want to I want to pick it out. I'm ready to go if you're ready to go. Who's up first? You're up. I'm a dad, this my life. This the type of shit I write. I was hungry in the basement. Now that boy, he full of life. I'm a dad, this my life. This the type of shit I write. I was hungry in the basement. Now that boy, he full of life. I think it's really difficult for some people to disassociate people that they hold or have held in high regard in the past as to who they are now. For example, a lot of people remember you as this kind of guy at school or you remember that person was really, that person was such a laugh at uni. You know, that person was such a laugh at uni. And then for whatever reasons, your paths collide again 
and that person happens to be a parent like a parent now and you start chatting and you you ask things like so what are those what crazy things have you been up to in the last five ten years the person might just say something simple like not much like i work i'm married now i look after my kids and you know that's kind of what i do and the initial reaction from that person who's asking that question based on that previous persona oh no no i oh i remember you you were like the life of the pie you were the soul of everything and i i thought your life would be so much more interesting but it isn't much more interesting than mine and to i think to myself because people have obviously I'm not married I haven't got kids or any of those things but a lot of people in the past have said oh Abby you were such a go-getter you were like you were such a like a personality and I thought you were really gonna be something more than what you are now and you're like I'm just doing everything that everyone else does which is work and just live my life right and I consider that a type of a hater mentality because rather than display pride or interest in what may be perceived as like simple stuff or a simple life you're indirectly throwing shade on the person just because they're not matching to the extravagant persona of the past. And it's the same shit here when Logic's on the... Like, when Logic was on the come up, bruv, he was starving. He was poor. His imagination was probably all that he had at the time. So he wrote about it. But now he's a well-off dad. Like, what else do you expect him to write bars about? How can you expect that of these artists to just keep smashing things out that are unreal, like, you know passionate and driven and all this stuff when they're not experiencing it now like they've they've he, he's made it to where he needs to be and so he's just like you can't constantly hold people to a standards of the past i think you need to have a bit more maturity and thought about it i don't know if you have any thoughts on what i'm saying there but that that's what that was my take on it. yeah i mean i pretty much agree with everything you said i think there's that that mentality of the the personality at school and what they're like now it's it always seems to me that some people are still stuck in that like that high school mentality and so then when they meet someone 20 years after high school and they're like oh why aren't you the same and it's like why are you the same <laughs> like do you know yeah. what i mean like it, it's been a long time things have changed and some things are the same but a lot of things aren't and that's completely normal it's kind of what logic's getting at, isn't it exactly who's next bro you're up again and I love my wife like I am Chance. I'd bet you rap about the shit me and him rap about if you ever made it out, but you never had the chance. Uh, a circumstance, uh, a way of life, uh, uh, my decisions uh, uh, made them right. And I love my wife like I am Chance. I bet you'd rap about the shit me and him rap about if you ain't ever made it out, but you ain't never had a chance. Uh, uh, circumstance, uh, uh, way of life, uh, uh, my decisions uh, uh, made them right. So... I didn't know this, but apparently Chance the Rapper is often mocked on the internet for how frequently he expresses his love for his wife. So much so that it became a meme. I got to talk about the album, The Big Gay. Yeah. How do you choose collaborations? My wife stopped right there. Well, here's the thing. Like, I really, really like my wife. Oh, my gosh, bro. Me and my wife got engaged. Yeah. Yeah, I said it. My wife got it. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a talented guy, but... My wife. Okay, okay. Chance the Rapper in the Neighborhood, man. The Big Gay, the album. And really, the other thing that actually changed my life is my wife. I really don't care. I know my wife since I was nine. I've had a, a crazy long life with my wife. <laughs> and I just love the fact that there's a meme from a rapper 
And, you know, rappers are usually associated with saying things like, you know, fuck them bitches and hoes and all those kind of derogatory things. That there's a meme about a rapper who's just expressing how much he loves his wife. Like, I think that's just a positive thing to come out of a rapper, I think. Uh, And then the second part, with regards to, like, a a circumstance, a a way of life, my decision made him right. I just like the cadence and I like the way it sounded. And actually, in my opinion, there's, there's there's an economy of words here. Like, I believe that it's fire, that logic, like he's done it, bro. He he had difficult circumstances. He thought about his way of life. He made decisions and he made them right. So many times in our life, we hang ourselves up on the decisions that we made wrong or we think we didn't like made it. We don't, we don't reward ourselves enough for all the good things that we've done in our, in our life. So I just like the way that it sounded and like the way that it came out and I like the delivery of it all. Yeah, nice. I, I love that meme as well. It always cracks me up. <laughs> who's next i'm up i've upgraded while they waited will they love it will they hate it who gives a fuck though snap (laughs) yes it's 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 all about self-improvement isn't it and it's kind of a theme that runs through this track and he talks about it in terms of upgrading but he's also talking about approval like will they love it and will they hate it and that's always something that you'll think about if you're doing self-improvement how are other people gonna react and he's saying you know i don't want to worry about that too much but actually if you're a public figure and if your income is based on people liking you and liking the things you make you do have to worry about it you do have to worry about if they're gonna love it or hate it but he's obviously in a position now where he doesn't need to do that it's not going to break the bank if this track doesn't become a huge hit you know because he's in that position now where he doesn't need to worry as much which must be a a nicer place for him to be in but yeah it's a tricky thing when you're trying to change and improve there are going to be some people that won't approve and it can be tough facts so i snapped at you these lines and i think i was just i agree with you i was just a bit more specific in regards to what i'm agreeing with because i wanted to shout out eminem I want to shout Royce to 5-9, Lupe Fiasco, Kanye West, Jay-Z, and Nas. I'm sure there's others out there. And off the top of my head, I think J. Cole gets a lot of this too. But there are just some rappers out there that still are dropping music on us today. And they just get so much hate on the bars they produce. That these guys have re- they've upgraded their lives in ways that we cannot possibly imagine. And trust me, as much as I might have an opinion on the quality of the bars compared to a rapper that's dropping them now compared to from back in the day, who gives a fuck, bro? They don't give a fuck. They don't give a shit. Like, I've learned to try and adopt this mindset in my life too. That when I get told to do a piece of work or I get told, hey, you know, we need you to track this or we need you to do that. It's, I mean, you're going to bars, rhymes and life. Like, we don't care if you love this podcast or if you hate this podcast we're still going to do it to the fullest extent you know what i mean it's will they love it will they hate it who gives a fuck though we're doing it and as long as you do it for the right reasons it shouldn't matter so that's that's kind of what i was alluding to that he's got to a place where we've spoken in the past about internal validation i don't i don't need to worry about whether they like it or they hate it i just need to deliver it and as long as i deliver it and i'm at peace with it then that's okay so, again, it was just a nice little time. 
And I, I feel bad for those rappers that I mentioned, including Logic, I guess, because going back to the fact that they were in such horrendous places in their life, far worse than what me and you can describe for ourselves. And I always go back to that. The only thing they probably had was their imagination. And so they're able to re- write and make productions in a way that maybe some of us aren't particularly able to. But then to hold them to account to that is crazy because I'll, I'll go on to it a little further on down this tune with some other word, lines that Logic drops. But again, I just think rated. Rated for him to get in that place and rated for him to be able to deliver a bar like that where it just comes off right off the tongue and you can tell he means it. True. I'm up again. I think I'll never learn my lesson, but fuck it all. It doesn't matter. I think I'll never learn my lesson. Fuck it all. It's kind of a short one here. It just reminded me of this old track by Wiley called Thin Ice. And in that song, the refrain on the chorus is I'm treading on thin ice. I never learn because I make the same mistakes more than twice. I'm treading on thin ice. I'm at the end of my temper. I'll be like this forever. I'm treading on thin ice. It's like I don't learn because I make the same mistakes more than twice. And it bars. Always, that's a bar, bro. I just need to call that. Always sticks with me. It always sticks with me. And this this bar reminded me of that. It's so easy to say that you should learn from your mistakes. It's so much harder to do it. Like it really can be so difficult. And it, sometimes it's just easier to do what you're already doing, even if that thing isn't necessarily positive. Than it is to change to something more positive. So, yeah, just a really relatable one there. Sometimes you just don't learn your lesson. Or it just takes a very long time. Facts. Who's next? You're up. I'm going to try this at maximum three times. And if I get it wrong, you're going to have to do the lines, Alan. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it straight. (laughs) Ayo, I'm on that lyrical, poetic, rhetoric, lyrical, miracle, satirical shit. If you don't like my conscious rap, you won't like my material shit. Love him or hate him, everybody know logic can spit. Yo, I'm on a lyrical, poetic, rhetoric, lyrical, miracle, satirical shit. If you don't like my conscious rap, you won't like my material shit. Well delivered. <laughs> <laughs> Semi snap on that as well. These four lines alone show that logic can spit, and he's just barring off it. Like these are straight bars. He's just pissing about, but he's pissing out bars, if that makes sense. It's like the way he's saying them, the delivery, it's nice. It's nice, it's quick, it's witty it's got a bit of lupe and kendrick about it it's not necessarily to that effect in terms of meaning but the way he's delivering it is is really really nice and i've also learned to not hate so much when an artist that i liked before everyone else because you know how you always think i heard this person before everyone else yeah and then they pop off and they go quote unquote they go material right they go they go mainstream and you go, oh, no, 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 I hate this tune of his. Like his stuff when he was earlier, he was way better than like all his underground stuff. So much better than this uh, mainstream bullshit that's coming out. Because at the end of the day, for a lot of people in the, it, the end game is that. The, in, the end game is I'm doing this to get big so I can get better. Can I, so I can live better and so I can provide for my family. So to hold someone who's like their underground music is so much better than their mainstream music i feel like it's it's shitting on the artist you know what i mean and and that's Mm. something that i've always done i've always done it when i was young i kind of even do it recently now in some respects 
But I do my best to not call these people sellouts because a lot of people say, oh, that eye sold out. They went mainstream. Do you, re- you remember? Like, people say mm. it all the time, yeah? And I've learned to teach myself to try and not be like that. But I tell you, I just wanted to give an example was the hardest one to swallow. The hardest one to swallow with regards to that was ludicrous for me. Like, ludicrous, like I said, was me and Alan were in was it yeah 10 or 11 it's got to be and it was southern hospitality and that was the album and it was just mad and then i don't know when how or whatever but i remember my brother showing me justin bieber baby and Luda <laughs> drops the bar. When now was 13, I had my first something, right, Eva? Luda, when I was 13, I had my first love. There was nobody that compared to my baby and nobody came between us or could ever come above. And to me, that was the, the hardest one to ever swallow. Even now, I was just like, what happened to this dude? What happened to this rapper? But if you think about it, he's gone on to have a mad acting career and nothing else but like, smashing it in his own life so i need to swallow that hate about what he was to me way back when and just be celebratory about the fact that he's done massive in life and is someone that used to listen to in an underground scene or an underground capacity especially from the uk because you know it was a hip-hop weren't like what it is now in back then we were maybe few people that were listening to music like that back then um in a mainstream capacity and just be proud of the fact that he smashed it in life yeah, it's always tempting when an artist you like does something that you don't like to to kind of attack them in a way or feel some way about it. But the best thing I think you do is just, if you're not into it, just don't listen to it. If you're if the artist that you used to like is making stuff you're not as keen on anymore, just listen to the old stuff, but you don't have to give them shit about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You don't have to, like, shoot it down. Yeah, and I, I snapped you on pretty much that exact thing. Like, if you don't like my conscious rap, you are like my material shit. And I think there's a kind of a false dichotomy in people's heads between what is conscious and what is material. And I think a lot of really good artists do both at the same time. And Kendrick being the most obvious example, like of having absolute bangers that contain real knowledge. I love conscious rap in general, but my main beef with it is when the production is just an afterthought. So when somebody's got like absolute really like interesting like content they're talking about something important but the musicality just isn't there and and i I won't name any artists but you do hear that sometimes and i think if the musicality isn't there it's not enough to just be conscious it's not enough to just be woke i'd rather read it in a book i'd much rather listen to some quote-unquote material shit that bangs than you know a deep political track that is boring musically and like the example I always think of is like Rigor Mortis by Kendrick, which is not trying to say anything important. It's not some deep treaty. It's not deeply political, but I absolutely love the track because it just goes hard as hell and, and it's just bars. And I'll take that over some deep political treaties that's dull as hell any day. It's so weird that you talk about Rigor Mortis, right? Because I've been listening to Section 8 a lot. And you know the chorus? I've been trying to practice like saying it and i've been trying to practice for best part four weeks 
Got me breathing with dragons, I'll crack the egg in your basket, you bastard. I'm Marilyn Manson with madness. Now just imagine the magic I like to ask is don't ask for your favorite rapper. He did. Yes, sir. Amen. I'm still not close. Give us your best attempt. No, I'm not doing it. No, 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 no. You're not going to get me like that. But to top it all off, just just because you've sidetracked me with Rigor Mortis, you got Kendrick in my head, bro. But there's there's the first three quarters of the track, and then he just accelerates. And I'm just like, Goes oh double my. time. And it's just insane, man. Just insane. Shout out to that track. I can't wait to put some of that stuff into the into the pod because it's just pure fire. But yeah, um, sick take, Alan. Really appreciate that, bro. Cool. You're up. I used to be about the B-Rabbits and the Mackay Fifers. Hit the stage, grip the mic and murder you like a pro-lifer. But I'm done now. I got a son now. Fuck the rap game. I'm done now. I used to be about to be rabbits, I'm a Kai Pfeiffer Sit the stage, grip the mic, and murder you like a pro-lifer But I'm done now, I got a son now Fuck the rap game, I'm done now B-Rabbit, aka Eminem And Makai Pfeiffer both starred in the film Called 8 Mile That was based on M's come up as an underground rapper And I wanted to say that I actually believe that 8 Mile still holds up today A lot of films back in the day when we were like kids and we just really excited about this film and we went to go see him at cinema or watch them at our mate's house or whatever you watch him again and you you, you held him at such a high esteem back then you're like oh watching him back as a now 34 year old oh, this film's really bad <laughs> but this film but, but this film eight mile holds up really well i actually really really think that that film holds up really well which is so i just wanted to shout out eight miles and i can never forget even now if you ever ask me about that film you're like I always just think, now everybody in the 313. Now everybody from the 313, put your motherfucking hands up and follow me. Everybody from the 313, put your motherfucking hands up. Look, look. Now while he stands tough, notice that this man did not have his hands up. This free world's got you gassed up. Now who's afraid of the big bad boys? One, two, three, and to the four. One pop, two pop, three pop, four. Four pop, three pop, two pop, one. Your pop, he's pop, no pop, none. I just love it. I just love it. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, going back to Logic's uh, bars, but he has a son now. He doesn't need to be part of that savage dog-eat-dog type of industry anymore. And can you blame him? Can you blame him? Of course not. Like, what? Why Why does he need to go, go at war with someone? Why does he need to really chase anything when he's got his money, he's got his kids, he's got a wife, he's got a life? Why does he need to chase that, chase that, that drama? And he doesn't have to at all. And I think it's something, it's so, for me, as I said, I'm not necessarily saying like, oh, there's mad, deep, double entendres here with his bars. But I just feel that as a life lesson, there's so much in this because you think of people like Whitney Houston, right? I think of people that just had all the fame and all the money and everything. And it was just never enough. And it ends up to them like topping, like, you know, topping themselves. So I just think he learned that lesson 
and there's not enough examples of this in Hollywood, you know, the famous quote-unquote world. And I'm just glad that this lesson exists. Yeah, man, true. Who's next? You're up. They say that boy done changed. He don't rap about his everyday life. He ain't the same. God damn, already had a hard life once. Am I supposed to recreate every album for you? Okay, you want to hear about my everyday. They say that that boy done changed. He don't rap about his everyday life. He ain't the same. God damn, already had a hard life once. Am I supposed to recreate it every album for you? Cunts, okay. You want to hear about my everyday? So I jacked this from... Uh, snap on that. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so I jacked this from Rat Genius, Alan. And I had no idea about this at all. But I will quote. In Under Pressure, he was detailing the struggle of growing up in Section 8 housing with his father, who was either gone for most of his childhood or abusing drugs, and his mother, a prostitute that would often abuse logic. So just going back to the whole shooting artists down with the music that they produce later compared to their earlier stuff, think about the shit that that guy's been through. And I will say that selfish fans who comment things like, oh, his music's shit now, or all that kind of stuff, or this is whack, and his earlier stuff was so much better. Those two lines, God damn, already had a hard life once. Am I supposed to recreate every album for you? Those words say it best. That's economy of words for me. There's, there's a lot, if you're willing to perceive it, being said in those two lines. And I'm, again, glad that I got able to absorb that from logic because it's so true. It's so true. These guys, Kendrick came, what's Section 80 about? section eight housing like that's where they came from right it's all that kind of stuff and we take so much meaning and you know we get a lot of audible pleasure from listening to this music but it's coming from a really dark place it's coming from places that where i go back to saying is all they had was their imagination and now that they've got the other things and the you know the the more plusher luxurious things in life it's not fair of us to have of fans to to just shoot them down. Oh, go. What What do you want him to do? Oh, starve for 16 days and then write some bars or something. Like, it's just not, it's not, it's literally, I don't know why I keep saying it, but it's not logical. It's not logical. It's not logical. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know this about him. And I thought that was really eye-opening. And I feel like he, he delivered it in a way where he's not necessarily moaning. He's not, he's not using it as a tool to say, look at all this crazy shit. A little bit like Black Thought story. You know what I mean? Like Black Thought went through mm. some serious shit and you never really hear him moan about it or complain about it. He's just saying like, this is some of the shit I've been through and this is one of the reasons why I'm here. And, I, you know, I ain't doing anything else but for myself. And again, I just think it's facts and I just think it's, you know, lessons learned. Yeah, completely agree. I snapped you on the first part of that line uh, they say the boy done changed i just find it really interesting how people can sometimes resist your own growth and your own change even people that care about you might resist your change because the change is hard for them as well in some way or that it makes them feel unsafe aesop rock says something similar on the track molecules he says when you write about seclusion and some buyers finally tune in you get frightened finding happiness could drive away the movement. And he's talking oh, about the same idea. Like people say to him, oh, I preferred some of your older tracks. And he's like, I was talking about things that were just really dark and I was in a really dark place. My life was objectively worse then. Like, why do you want me to go back to that? 
and and he says this throughout this whole verse like you you'd rather see me just like crash and burn than get a bit better as long as the music keeps coming and and there's another song called who killed russell jones by b dolan it's all about oh, oh dirty bastard and one of the the verses and, and the whole song is about who was responsible for his death essentially and one of the verses from the perspective of the fan who's like oh yeah you don't changed and I'm, I'm interested in your life but i don't really associate it in any way at all i buy your albums but i don't really care about your life and it's a similar thing like if you're just caring about the artist for what you get out of it and not what they get out of it it's really one-sided and yeah logic's clearly got some similar thing going on here and it's, it's just interesting to see that facts who's next bro you're up now I'm headed to aisle three for some bounty paper towels. Now I'm headed to aisle three for some bounty paper towels. This is proper random. <laughs> this is proper random. And you know how curious my mind can get and you know how agitated my mind can get with that curiosity at times. I just want to ask you a question. Have you heard of the brand Plenty, the Plenty paper towel brand? Yeah, is it not the same brand? Yeah. Well, the bounty paper towels that Logic is describing here are the exact same paper towels. And what's really fucking me off is why. (laughs) Why, Alan? Some marketing twat would have gone and said, look, you know, for the UK, we've got to change this name. It's got to be plenty. It can't be bounty. It has to be plenty. I thought it was bounty here once. People in the UK will not get it otherwise, Alan. I'm sorry, we'll have, we have to hold a meeting. The amount of meetings and time that it would have been <laughs> wasted in creating the difference, creating the difference between the two names in the UK and the US would be beyond insane, right? And then to top it all off, neither of the fucking names make sense. Like, if I go, Alan, get me a bounty. I've spilt some coffee over me. What are you going to do? You probably throw a <laughs> chocolate gonna... on my head. <laughs> right (laughs) vice versa if i say oi alan get me a plenty i've spilt some water over myself we'd be like what's a plenty you don't you never (laughs) say pass me the plenty do you and you never say pass me the bounty so why the fuck did they do that i don't understand and that pissed me off i had to go find out because i knew it was the same (laughs) and once i found out that they're actually the same thing i was just like what oh man someone got paid to do that someone got paid for that idea and the idea is trash. I'm not happy about it, bruv. So Branding is just a, a different world. It's just a very strange world, marketing and advertising. Fuck me, man. If I ever meet <laughs> that person, I will challenge you to the fullest. I don't care, man. I'm wondering don't tell me it's a great idea. I'm wondering if bounty is even a thing in, uh, in America, the chocolate. We might have just confused them even more. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't tried bounties, check them out. <laughs> facts all right is any who's next bro you're up again on the 101 my wife texts me talking about you gotta get home feed your son girl don't trip about it on the 101 my wife texts me talking about you gotta get home feed your son girl don't trip about it i'm like i'm i'm single at the moment but i'm just gonna tell you there is nothing more annoying than having a partner ring you and tell you something so bait like come home and feed your kid right your your kid is hungry there's there's just nothing more annoying in the world than that sort of shit and i remember in some relationships in the past yeah where they'll be like you get you get a phone call i'm at work and my phone rings and i'm like oh my god someone important better answer it and it's like come home soon 
my friends are waiting. And I'm like, can right, let's just break this down for a minute, yeah? Number one, I know your friends are over because you told me last night that they're coming at six. You told me they were coming at 6 p.m., right? And then number two, I told you last night that, look, you know what? I'm finishing at seven o'clock, to which you said, hey, that's fine. That's fine. You know, you're finishing at seven. Just come when you finish at seven. So calling me at 6.30, telling me to hurry up and come home, when you knew I was finishing at seven, seems a little pointless, doesn't it? It seems a little bit pointless. You're just literally telling me, you're ringing me to piss me off about something so trivial, it's ridiculous. And I just want to give people that advice out there that don't annoy your partners by saying bait stuff like logic says, just don't trip about it. Just relax, man. It's fine. He was always going to come home and feed his kid. You didn't need to ring him when he was doing the shopping that you asked him to do in the first place. That's all I have to say on that, bro. Just bring home the applesauce and broccoli and you'll be fine. Exactly. He was going to, you can read, you listen to it and you know that he was doing that anyway. He was doing it anyway. You you know why he was doing it? It's because you told him to do it. You told him to go out and go shopping and get some food for your kid. So to ring him and say, come home because you've got to feed your kid is pretty trivial to say the least. <laughs> what a great and, like, bar to end on. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to highlight this might be one of the reasons why I'm single. <laughs> you know, there's me giving out relationship advice when I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, any more from you, Alan? We are done. Oh, wicked. All right. So nothing but love to Logic. Thank you so much for dropping this tune on us. Nothing but love to all of Logic's fans. Nothing but love to all the BRL fans. Nothing but love to you, Alan. One. Peace. Ain't nobody, nobody.